podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So 10, Below the Belt Podcast. We back, bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no engineer. Oh, engineer. No, Alex from Bristol. Where is he? What's, what's no, going no. on? Uh, did he get pulled from the show? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. He, he started getting a bit big for his boots, so we just banned him. I think the qualifier took it really, took it really badly. He's still sitting in the dark, bless him. He hasn't left the house. He hasn't recovered from that, has he, at no, all? No. He's a big, big qualifier. Went up to the show. Paid for VIP seats. Yeah. Yep. Um, to watch the boy get schooled. Schooled. It did indeed. We'll come on to that. Um, well, lads, what's your favourite punch a boxer can throw? I lead right hand because of Floyd Mayweather. Well, that's my favourite punch. Is as well. it? Yeah, 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 my man. I think. Um, well, I just, I just think the uppercut when it's ex- when it's executed really well, it just looks awesome. Is it fair to say an uppercut is is, is a very difficult punch to land properly or throw properly? Yes, yes. It's, it's why it's so impressive that Chris Eubank. Yeah, yeah. It seems to throw with such venom and land so often. I guess it must be a difficult angle to throw, and it, it's a, probably a longer distance as well because you're coming from lower and going up. Yeah, so it's probably a longer, so you need that more time to land it. And ironically, he's got he's got injuries attributed to the, to, to his method of punching. Mm-hmm. So who has Eubank? <coughs> what yeah. hand injuries? Um, I think um, I think his tennis elbow has kind of got, and I think the way he throws his punch, whether he wings them too much, yeah. kind of. Um, He's probably because of doing that so much. That's probably why he's injured. Okay, been enjoying the boxing lately. Mm. It's been a mixed bag. Um, the overall fight got cancelled. Um, today we find out that the Billy Joe Saunders fight got cancelled. That's that's frustrating. But, what was that reason for that? Um, injuries in both cases. Um, but you know we've got the Kovalev of Ward fight to look forward to. Yeah, it's so, a big one, isn't it? It's, it's it's very much a mixed bag, I'd say. Yeah. You catch a Bramer Cleverly fight? We'll yeah, be here if we had I, I was I was always a big Cleverly fan. You know, really? Yeah, I we, I first started getting into the Tony Oki fight. Yeah, I think we went down to Portsmouth, I think, and he beat him down there. And I think he won the Commonwealth title. I was like, oh, who's this kid? I like him. Mm. You know, and then uh, I kind of just followed him from there. He won the British title. Uh, he defended against Courtney Fry. I know he's one of your favourites, T. Uh, and then he won the European title. I saw that live. <coughs> so I like Cleverly, and he, he kind of went off the boil a bit. So I was quite happy for him. We didn't get boiled. He got smashed to bits by Kovalev. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. And he, and, he, and, and he did, to be fair, he did kind of fall away. It seemed like he'd fallen out of love for the sport a little bit. Yeah. I think he realised there's, there's, you know, lives are the cliche, but it's, the game's about levels. Yeah. yeah. And I remember actually talking to a mate who wasn't really into his boxing and obviously completely sold on the hype around Cleverly because there was quite a lot yeah. going into that fight. Uh, he beat Bellew, didn't he? And then went. Yeah. I don't know if he had any fights between Bellew and. and Cleverly. I think he fought uh, Robin Kresnicki. And he fought Thomas Carpensi. So he had a couple of defences. Yeah. And then Kovalev was his mandatory. And I think Kovalev smashed somebody to bits. And I remember you, <coughs> T, you sent me the video saying, this is, look at this guy, Kovalev. I can't like, oh. remember the fight now. Yeah, I know. Um, I can't, remember. I, can't well, no, remember. I was talking to my mate and he was like sold. And I was like, yeah. you've got to, no, this guy coming over is a real deal. He's yeah. not, this ain't yeah. no, no joke. And uh, as you saw, he just annihilated him. It's, it's weird the way, um, the way Cleverly punches. He's he kind of cumulative, but... Very little impact. He kind of doesn't seem to yeah, be any. He's like twiglet arms. Is it like? Is like almost like a volume puncher? But he went through a little phase. Where he was like knocking people out. Mm. Um, 
but in the Bremer fight, there's it a lot of volume. It's almost like, um, it's a bit like Paul Williams. Mm. Just throwing loads and loads of punches, but they're not really hard punches. And no. it just, um, and in the fight, I just thought that Bremer was throwing the more meaningful shots. Yeah. And I just thought, well, this could be, this could be a complete wipeout. And then out of nowhere, Bremer, Bremer quits. Because he was, yeah, he was, he was well on top. Yeah, it, it felt to me like it was well on top, but then a lot of people said, well, Bremer didn't want to know, but I didn't see any further damage. But I think the thing with Cleverly, he's always in shape. No matter what, no matter what the fight, he's always in shape. I think the cruiserweight fight against Bailey is probably the one time where maybe he was a little, he had a pile of weight on, but he's always in shape, always well conditioned. And I think maybe the fact that Bremer couldn't get him out of his face might have been a bit much. But he's a home fighter, so I don't understand why he's... Yeah, no, it's funny what you said about the punches. Carl Froch picked up on it in commentary really early from, like, round two. Carl Froch is like, he's throwing arm punches. They're not doing anything. But they were volume, like Teaser said. There was a lot of volume to it. I was doing the scoring for, for the Twitter account, for the Below the Belt Twitter account. And I, I thought Bremer was winning. I thought it was, like, 4-2 in rounds at the end of that round six. Mm. But... I did feel like Cleverly won round five and I did feel like he was just coming coming back into it. Even though Bremer was landing the more meaningful shots, I kind of I felt like Cleverly was starting to eke his way back into the fight a little bit. Mm. But it was a huge surprise when Bremer jacked it like that. So uh, uh, um, in the first instance, it was supposedly a dislocated elbow, mm-hmm. yeah. which uh, I've never even heard of. I've never heard of anyone dislocating an elbow. But, um, you know, that, that seems to be the... Uh, uh, you know the reason why he pulled out, and then later on it was it come clear that it wasn't actually a dislocated elbow. Yeah, well, the injury wasn't as serious as I first thought. Because initially, um, now obviously on many podcasts I talk about WhatsApp groups, but on our WhatsApp group I was a bit saying, well, you know, maybe maybe Brain has really hurt himself, and I think Al and Carl were like, well, no, he's he's completely jacked it in, mm. and when it emerged that the injury wasn't as bad as we first thought, thought well, maybe he has. But it would appear that there's a rematch in the offing, so... Do you find that it's a bit weird when, um, when, a, when, a, when a fighter celebrates a win when someone's quit on the stall? There's different types of quitting on the stall as well. Like, Tazu, after Hatton, you know, he was a beaten man. Mm-hmm. He admitted it afterwards. But then, you know, you think back at Burns when he... he, he Gonzalez was yeah. forced to... He, he had a broken forearm, or yeah. is that right? Yeah. I think or, I thought it was like a... Bicep, okay. So it was an injury that meant he couldn't finish, but he was being dominated in that fight. And yeah. they, they kind of celebrate the win, like like that he forced that dislocated elbow. Right? It was always a weird one. But cleverly was like saying, "Oh yeah, I made him quit. He didn't want to know." And I'm just like, "Well, no, 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 no. He didn't really make him quit. I just thought that. Um, I just, I just can't quite explain it. And it's funny you mentioned Ricky Burns because he, who, who broke his jaw. Ricky Burns' jaw. Yeah, was it um, was it, um, was it oh. Beltran or someone else? Yes, yeah, it was yeah. Beltran. So yeah. he fought ten rounds of a broken jaw. Yeah, and then you get then you get someone who's quit because of a because of a minor injury. You just yeah. think, well, I love Beltran. Yeah. I always, always, I always enjoyed watching him fight. It was like a one of them. He, he should have got a chance. He should have picked up a world title. He may have even gone on to. I'm not sure. If I he think did. he challenged after that. I don't know if he challenged Crawford or someone else. Always got close, but never quite. He challenged Crawford. Um, I think he he had a he had a fight, and then I think it was a final eliminator. Won in the first round, and then failed a drugs test. So okay, so went to no contest. Well, another drug treat. Really me. Yeah. But um, in terms of what's next for and Cleverly and Bremer, uh, probably likely to be a rematch. Yeah, it'll be in Germany again because Cleverly's got no fans, mm. and um, I would like to think that Bremer would um, would, would probably. Would it be a split decision, I reckon? But where, do, where does the Cleverly's career go? 
What is he going to do much more lo- than if, this? If he loses again, I don't know what he does. I mean, what was when I mean, early on in Cleverley's career, he was in the Kawasaki, he was trained by Enzo Kawasaki, so yeah. he was r- riding that wave yeah. along with McInerney and um, Bradley Price. Price, yeah. yeah. So and Gavin all, Reese as yeah, well. Yeah, so they were all unbeaten, he was riding that wave, and he was known for having that math degree and just being yeah. really intelligent. And two, two, though. I mean, it's better. Is that what, what you got? It's better than what I could do, but it's a two-two. You got a two-two. Yeah. I thought you smashed it. Nah, no, two-two. Every day is a school day. I know. I, I, said that. I didn't go to uni, but I know two-two. That's like box standard, isn't it? Yeah, you just have to turn up. Oh, man. Do your work. I could have got one then. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely that's, got one. We're doing waste of twenty thousand pounds. I can guarantee yeah. you that much. Um, no, if he loses, I reckon he'll probably go back to domestic level and just carry on fighting. He really needed that win, didn't he? Yeah. He really needed that. If he wouldn't have won that, there, there wouldn't have been a lot, for, a lot for him to go, really. So that's kind of... That may give him the confidence to to push on and maybe go and win the rematch. You, you asked before, why, you know, you said, why did he, why did he celebrate like that? Yeah. I think boxers put so much into camp. They put so much into training. And I think going into a fight, there is that little bit of fear. Yeah. And Vander Holyfield has said before, when he's when he knocked someone down, he's, and they always think, please stay down, please stay down. So because they be don't want to fight. It's yeah. not natural. They just thought, they, he just wanted it to be over. I think it's a relief thing more than anything. Weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Do so you think you go through your entire life doing something that ultimately gives you negative feelings? I think Eubank talk, talk, has talked openly about that, saying it's a strange, a strange business, boxing. Yeah, I mean, the psyche of a boxer is something that, you know, I think just Johnny Nelson called just civilians will never really understand. Yeah. Um, you know, Eubank Jr. was celebrated for the Blackwell fight and not really going for his head. And then a month later, he says, you know, my corner don't carry towels. Yeah, but that's, there's two things, isn't it? I mean, I know it's bravado. I understand. And selling fights. Yeah. And building hype. Yeah. It's two, that's, that's his job, to yeah. say shit like that. Yeah. Think. He's never going to be universally loved, Eubank, because his dad was never universally loved. So, okay, how do you make money? Be hated. Yeah. And it's being, it's being the and baby you know face, what, being that, the heel. That feel of being the heel and, and then and, and winning over the crowd, that's, that must be the best, the best yeah. kind of best kind of thing like if you, I know you love your wrestling yeah. but the best stories I loved when I was a kid yeah. a child <laughs> yeah, was the ones where the baddies turned good yeah so, you know it it, it's almost like Groves was the heel in, uh, in a frotch fight. fight and turned it around this kind of those stories are they're great and the theatre behind boxing the, the bit that sells the fight is as interesting as the fight itself most it of the time it will always be laughing and said, what are they hugging for what are they hugging for they hate each other like, well come on man. You're, you're an adult you know, you know the deal I mean the most recent example of that was Haskins v Hall. Well, and Dillian White as well. But him and Joshua don't like each other, that's, that's legit. about Lewinson? Yeah, they were hugging and talking afterwards. Yeah. Just, when they were talking this, they were, they were, they were in, they were in the, um, the, the dressing room. Yeah. And Dillian White goes, oh, you're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. It was just a sort of fight. And Lewinson just went, you bust my fucking nose, man. <laughs> <laughs> his nose is all over his face. Dearly <laughs> but, but, um, Yeah, you're saying, why were they hugging? Yeah, I mean, people say, why are they hugging? They, they have to sell the fight. And um, when Muhammad Ali sadly passed away, there's loads of videos doing the residence. There's a video of, um, obviously, Muhammad Ali was very much pro-black. And then there's some, woman, there's some woman calling him a racist. And he says, look, you know, if you hate me that much, pay, get a ticket, watch me get my ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then maybe they said similar in his career. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if you... I mean, I'm trying to think of boxers who are universally loved. I guess uh, I guess Pacquiao is probably someone who is sold as the as the face. Mm-hmm. I think Ricky Hatton probably in England. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and I think people like that. I think um, 
those blood and guts warriors Arturo Gatti people yeah. like that yeah. you can't really hate someone like that who yeah. will fight anyone they'll put it on the line have exciting fights you know you can't really and underdogs everybody loves an underdog mm. and Gatti and I think Ricky Hatton to an extent when he went to Vegas was never the you know Glenn, the Glenn Johnson famously said you know I might not be the best but I'll fight I'll, I'll fight I'm happy to fight the best and mm. you can't help but admire that um, do you think quitting is the worst thing a, a boxer can do? There's kind of a school of thought. Is the most macho of sports, less than an MMA, you'd say that the, the two. If you if you got to do something to prove your manliness, this is a sport you do it in. Yeah. It's a, you know an incredible, incredibly brave and a weird profession to be a part of. And quitting is not supposed to be in the vocabulary of boxers, but you see, you, you've seen it. The, the biggest one that sticks comes to mind is Victor Ortiz. Um, when he um, Maidana, yeah, was it was it against Berto as well? He, quit, he jacked yeah, against Berto. He, some people might say he jacked against Jose Zito Lopez when he broke his jaw. Yeah, though his jaw was hanging off. Yeah, and he didn't box for like eighteen months after that. So yeah. for me, that was absolutely fine. It's seen as like the worst crime ever. And Roberto Duran, when No Mass happened, he got all sorts of abuse for that. He didn't quit though. He didn't say. Those, he says know, he didn't say the words. For those who don't know the story, tell it. So Roberto Duran beat Sugar Ray Leonard, handed him his first ever professional defeat. They had a rematch, and then it was just like dancing around for the whole fight and messing about. And um, people said that Duran said no mass, as in that no more. And apparently he said, "I'm not going to fight this clown. Fight this." Well, He's because a clown. because uh, Leonard was just wouldn't fight. He was just dancing. Yeah. Leonard was just jabbing and moving it, and he was literally just dancing around the ring, but, jabbing him. But you see Duran do a hand motion like. He throws his hand like, as in like waving him off. Yeah. He goes no, and that's when people say he says, "Oh no, mass, no mass," because I don't want no more this fuck thing. Has he never talked about this? Yeah, yeah, he denies I mean, it. Yeah. There's an excerpt from his book. Well, he that... just said, "I can't be asked to fight this clown." Mm. Yeah, so this guy's well, a he clown. Just left the fight. This. He just turned his back and walked towards his corner. Oh, and then the fight got stopped. And then so the ref's so... gone. I'm fine. Fuck this. Yeah. This is over then. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I never knew that story. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it's, there was an ESPN documentary about it, and they have Ray Leonard and they have Roberto Duran, and they're talking about it. It's a really good documentary. I'll check that out. One of those Fucking ESPN thirty for thirty things. I hate Leonard so much. Yeah, he was a flash prick. Uh, probably because he beat my hero Hagler, and I was ten years old, and I couldn't understand why it happened. Cause I thought Hagler won, but <laughs> the, I think I was showing Cal the other day um, an excerpt from his book. He's yeah. got a book out, hasn't he? Yeah. And then um, before the first fight, and he says, um, <laughs> "Oh yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and he says he probably broke in English. You know, because I think his wife was at the press. I don't know yeah. why you'd bring your wife to a boxing press, but anyway, yeah. He says, "After I beat you, I fuck you." <laughs> to his wife. <laughs> And then I just lost the plot. And Duran said, yes, I've got him. Yeah, I just yeah. thought, that's fucking brilliant. Uh, so that's when amazing. the fight happened... After I beat you, I fuck you. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, wife. Yeah. So he didn't. He was no longer going to be able to be this calm collective. Yeah. He kind of got under his skin. He got yeah, under his yeah. skin and it helped him win the fight because Leonard fought Duran's kind of fight. Yeah. But the, I mean, what that leads into is the whole mental strength, the whole psychology before a fight. And um, I think if you give it all the bravado and you quit, then... It's a funny thing because um, I saw a tweet the other day which said, um, if you see an up-and-coming fighter, ask them for tickets yeah. and pay them and the money goes in their pocket kind of thing. So when a fighter does it, they're building an audience and the fans pay, the fans buy into what they say and what they do. Yeah. And if you do that and they quit, then it's kind of hard to... It's hard to kind of reconcile. But then you've got the, you've got the Brook versus Golovkin fight and... Um, a lot of, I mean, the fans didn't know that um, why Brooke was pulled out, so they booed, mm. and 
I think 98% of boxing realises why the fight had to stop because he would have been blinded. But then you've got people like Mayweather who knows better and actually Theophane who said, well, he shouldn't have quit, he shouldn't have pulled him out. But I'm like, well, do you get blinded and lose yourself more paydays just for the sake of bravado? And it wasn't his choice anyway. It was ultimately Ingalls' decision and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's thinking, oh, I need Brooke Fit. He's my mm. fucking, you know, he's my chief money maker. Exactly. And it's the, he's got the rest of his life to live, and he doesn't want to live the rest of his life for one. I don't think anyone blames him for that. Oh, no, not at all. I blame the whole fucking farce of a fight, but that's another <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, so uh, should we go on to Quala and Linares? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alex will be listening to this. Uh, Alex will be back to host the, p- the podcast um, next time it comes out, but um, he's not here now. And that's we can say, him. by and large, his boy got schooled. I wasn't, I wasn't that surprised. Uh, really, I, 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 I checked out Linares before the fight and knew what he was about. I know he had three losses and three three, three KOs, mm-hmm. so you can see why the you see why the betting could have been behind Crawler. You can see why their East fans were confident and Hearn was confident. And on Toe to Toe podcast, they all they all fancy Crawler, um, but it was fucking joyous. For, for fans of boxing, Linares' performance was... It was masterful. I mean, he, he just immediately, I want to see his next fight. And yeah. obviously, it looks like it's going to be a rematch back in Manchester. Oh, I can't wait to see him box again. But Crowley has no chance. I Zero. completely agree. I think Linares stops him next time. Yeah. He was masterful. I think he was brilliant. I, I, <clears throat> Alex was really upset, but I scored it nine rounds to three. I thought, I thought he was... I think I said it, I had it four, four rounds apart. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I think. Most people online had it 116, 112, the same as you. Mm. I did that one round more. I could live with 116, 112. I thought he completely dominated the fight. I think that, um, you know, after the fight, I wound up Alex, which Flavor was happy about, but I couldn't help myself. I, I, no, but it was, it was, it was, it was almost sadistic. It's like you could know he was in pain. Like, what are you getting out of this tea? It's like laughing at someone's funny. Fu- you're laughing at someone's funeral. <laughs> But um, like, he's been in t- if I know Alex, he would have had a little tear in his eye. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm like, just leave him that, alone. T. He said there's that little voice note. He sounded broken. <laughs> he sounded broken. <laughs> but um, but no, I think. I mean, when after I was writing about it, Alex, I said, you know what? Um, where Crawler has come from, you know, I think he had back-to-back defeats at one point in his career. May have done, might have that wrong. Yeah. He, had, he had a little period, but may, may have lost two in two in broken four. skull, everything, man. And, and all that. And um, I think to come back from that and fight a world-level operator like Linares and hang in there four twelve man. I mean, he lost, he lost comprehensively, but he can compete on that level. He can easily compete on that level, and I think. That Crawler's fans can be proud of their guy's performance because There's money um, for him there, isn't it? No, and I think the thing with Lenar is he doesn't have much money elsewhere, so he needs a rematch. He, mm-hmm. He's not going to make money in his in his home country. Is that Nicaragua? I'm out of the country. Wrong. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, oh no, it's Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. And he's not. And he's not going to make as much money in the US. He's not going to make money over here. But um, well, this is where the money is, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that I think Crawler's fans can be proud. I think Crawler acquitted himself very well. And um, I think the rematch will sell just as well. I just feel sorry for Flanagan a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he, for me, he's the best, best fighter in that division, or Lenares. Uh, who, there's, there's one other in there. Zlatikhan in there. Zlatikhan Or Bartholomew, is he going and up? There's Rancis Bartholomew, but, but I think he's gone up now. Flanagan must be sitting there thinking, like, Flanagan beats Quala all day, I, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, he beats him wide. So I'd love to see Lenares and Flanagan go at it. Yeah. But Flanagan, don't bring anything with him. 
Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. We we had the we had the argument last time. Um, is this for the lineal title? Is this for the number one in the division? We was like, mm, yeah, maybe the number one. Mm. But Flanagan, um, Lenares would probably be for the lineal championship. Yeah. They would be the undisputed number one in the division. I love Flanagan. But oh, I really like Flanagan. But too. that fight makes Lenares no money, so he's going to go yeah. for the rematch. And um, of course, yeah. I don't know. I can see the next fight being a draw to make a third fight happen. They make more money. Yeah. I mean, Flanagan just goes stale yeah. fighting. I don't know, fifty year olds like he fought last time Flanagan needs to just grow, grow a personality and I'm not saying don't be yourself but just be someone else like, be yeah. someone else just for the period and sell the fight say you're going to smash up Crawler yeah. and then fuck his wife I thought <laughs> <laughs> that, that wound Leonard up yeah. <laughs> that, that can't get you a big fight yeah, what yeah. can really yeah. I think it was one one thing was good it was good that he was ringside it was good that, that Sky showed him ringside yeah. and actually made a point of him being there mm. which they didn't have to yeah, the commentary was pretty good about that and the commentary were pretty, who, who commented was it, was it Clark Smith again? or was it Alan, Andy Clark I think it was Adam Smith, but it was cool that they that they pointed him out and they did, they didn't act like he didn't exist. They they noticed that he was there. They made the point of it. I think they asked him how he fought the fight when yeah, 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 they, they spoke did, yeah. to him. That's really cool, and that, that hopefully they can that helps set the fight up in future. So you know you know when you get the scorecards through and you see one fifteen one fourteen, which is close. One fifteen one thirteen close, and one seventeen one eleven. Mm-hmm. You know you're speaking to a fanboy, right? When they're going. That's so wide. Yeah. Like when they freak out about one of the scorecards, like it don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He lost. What you think? Now you have a problem with poor judging. When it's been a fucking, you know, a cancer to boxing since the day dot. Do you know what I mean? And now you've got an issue. Like Alex is going, I can't live with that scorecard. But you go. You ain't got a choice. I think. I think that's. Uh, and then it's, it's the skeptic in me that makes me think. Yeah. That they've scored it extra close to make a rematch, and it's like the Paul Smith Arthur Abraham fight back in the day, and I was, yeah. and I did a blog about it back in back when that happened, and it was a fucking Abraham win, but the, one of the scores was really wide, and that gave it enough energy to get have a rematch. It was just one of those things. I mean, you know, speaking of judging once again, you've got the Burns fight last week. I don't know if you saw yeah. it, but um, it was a very competitive fight, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, the scorecards are a complete washout, and I think it's because Broner's on the horizon. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about Broner a bit about his mental health issues, but because the Broner fight is so big for for Burns, they couldn't afford for Burns to lose. I mean, I think he won that fight maybe a little bit. But I don't think he won by the by the, by the distance ahead. I mean, also you got Delahoya um, Sturm. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think Delahoya won that, but they gave it to him because the Hopkins fight was there. So. How have, have you been finding Pauli Mal- uh, Malinaji, his commentary? I, I think he's brilliant. Fresh, fresh, I think, fresh, I think he's brilliant. It annoys me he's a Trump voter. But, oh, that's <laughs> But, uh, you know, he's, he's brilliant. The, the, the comment that really stood out for me was when he said about home cooking. He said if, if uh, the UK want to be a power in British boxing, they need to stop with the home cooking. And so- so- something that really bothers me about British world title fights is that there's always a British referee. Mm. And... In America it happens, but the, the difference is for me, in Great Britain, there's like five or six refs that do all the British title fights, all the Commonwealth title fights, all the big fights. It's like five or six different referees. Yeah. You know them all. Yeah. In America, there's 50 states, there's shitloads of referees. Yeah. I just think it's a bit too pally-pally for me. And, you know, the, the, the annoying thing is I say, oh, in Germany, you've got to knock them yeah. out too. To, to get a decision. I'm like, well... It's just these tired cliches, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just as bad over here. Oh, to, yeah. to be honest, well, it gives you an idea about what people outside of the UK think about the judging in our country, doesn't it? When Malinaji is like saying you've got to stop home cooking, this is obviously conversations have been having yeah, yeah. in America yeah. constantly. Anyhow, um, you know, but they come over. I mean, the fighters come over here; they get well paid. I mean, the, the geezer who lost to um, Burns, I think 
that fight has absolutely helped him. I think he gained a lot of new fans with that fight. So, I mean, even though he got shafted on some of the cards, I think he's got an audience over him. If he was to fight again locally yeah. in London, I would probably want to get a ticket and see him because he's a, he's a very good fighter, very talented. He was like a little Golovkin, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. couple yeah. of rounds, he was just walking Ricky Burns down. Really nice footwork, really nice cutting off. Burns did really well to manage it, mm. but no, I really like him. And, and Ricky Hatton, having Ricky Hatton as his trainer slash promoter, and Ricky Hatton's done a really good spin job after the fight. He posted a good tweet, basically with the punch stats, yeah. and round by round, showing that in a lot of the rounds, <coughs> that his guy was out punching Ricky Burns, landing more shots. Yeah, sorry. So those, those scores, those scores were... Really I remember good. having a conversation, I think, with you... Okay. When talking about Pacquiao's punch landed and all that shit, yeah, and you saying, "Oh, stats, punch stats." Ooh, look <laughs> at you. <laughs> I remember us having a conversation about uh, Pacquiao Bradley. That was it. Because in the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, I was like, "Oh, I've hurt my shoulder. I've hurt my shoulder." Mm. Then he thought he had the surgery, yeah. and then he fought Bradley and fought and threw ten whole more punches in that fight. Ooh, what surgery it was. That anyway. was that was another conversation. Anyway, anyway. but you just got to leave this. This is like your. Um, Fanboyism's got to be left at the door now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you bring it out of me. You always have a little poke. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, so what, you've got memorable pieces of officiating, good or bad. Tony Weeks <coughs> um, doing Corrales and Castillo. I mean... Amazing. It was amazing because of what happened. Yeah. And we may never have seen it if he, if he had stopped it, but he had every right to... Was that the I mean, fight with the gun fucked. shield? Yeah. Yeah. Round 10. That's it. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a bit of... Um, is that now um, a foul? He got he, uh, Corrales got deducted a point. Okay. So Tony Weeks for me, and that's the reason I put it down. Yeah. It was a fantastic piece of officiating. Yeah. He got dropped, spat the gum shield out. Tony Weeks gave him one, got dropped again. Tony Weeks spat. The, he actually took the mouthpiece out of his mouth, slung it. Tony Weeks gone right. I fucking saw that. Point. That's a point. And then Corrales lands the right hand, left hook, and then it. If anyone anyone listens, listening to this fight at uh, to his podcast. Uh, if you know, if you're a casual fan or you're new to it, go back on YouTube and and, and watch Corrales versus Castillo. R.I.P. Yeah, Corrales. Yeah, he died in a was it a motorbike, 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 motorbike crash, yeah, which is really sad because he was truly, truly great. Yeah, go and watch that fight. Watch the whole thing. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Don't want you know. Just yeah. it, it was because in, from the first round, it is rock and sock and robots. It's it just is mental. with possibly one of the greatest endings to boxing I've ever seen. Like oh, jumping out of my seat, screaming the house down. Yeah, I mean, um, Steve Smoger. Is it Smoger or Smoger? Smoger. Yeah. I mean, he is an, he's, he's a guy who's known for letting fights go on mm-hmm. and giving people a chance to recover. I think Pavlik got heavily knocked down against Taylor. Yes. And um, Smoger famously let it go on, and Pavlik comes back to win the fight. But I think more recently, he's let fights go on too long. Definitely. And, and it's getting to a point where people are actually getting hurt, so... Maybe he just don't give a fuck. Well, who knows? He's looking at Canada. This is all right. But in, in, in combat sports, <laughs> referees have a lot more responsibility. I mean, in football, if they get an offside decision wrong and a team wins a game, then, <laughs> then, 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 you know, it's not as bad. But when, I don't know, I mean, you've got the Marjorie Taylor Chavez fight. Chavez fight, yeah. You know, I mean, does a referee let that carry on? I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's difficult, morally. It is difficult. I mean, you know, no, no, if, if someone stops something too early, yeah. They get blamed yeah. goes on too late. They get yeah. blamed. Referees have a shit job. Really hard. Um, just you, when you were talking about public, then I was thinking about public and Miranda. Yeah, God, what, yeah. What a fight, man! So I, I love that shit. That's probably one of my favourite fights of all time. I still love public so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's what, such a shame. Quickly, what's your favourite fight of all time? Ah, 
Ask T. Yeah, give me a second. Fucking hell, this shit varies, man. This shit varies. What pops into your head? I think Ben V. McLennan. If it didn't end the way it did. Fuck him. <laughs> if uh, it didn't end the way it did. I don't care. I, don't I, say, but, um, I can't watch that fight. No, I I, I, I've not watched it since, but I watched yeah. it with, um, with my best mate. And um, after the fight, we just all hugged, I mean, me and everyone else, and everyone just all hugged each other, just like, fucking, go on, Ben. Because the first round, Ben was knocked out of the ring, mm. man. And, you know, the fight went the way it did, and um, it was... That's a fight that, that stands out. Probably more more recently, um, I think Paddy V. Taylor was a pretty good fight. That was a really good fight. That was really good. Yeah, I don't know, it kind of depends on, on what, what you look for, really. The fight, and we spoke this a couple a few pods ago, the fight I've seen the most is Lennox Lewis against Hasim Rackman 2 because I was a huge Lennox Lewis fan, yeah. and then he lost in South Africa, and then come back and just washed him, and then did the whole patois afterwards. Has been, has been right, man. It was just amazing. Um, Gay, Gay Ward one is stellar. Castillo Corrales is one. Um, Mayweather oh, Canelo. It's not a chronicle of Sorry. great fights. Sorry. Your favourite. Go on, T. Um, funny story about the Lewis Rackman fight. I could fucking cut diamonds with this thing watching that. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about the Lewis Rackman fight was... Um, I stayed up because I think it was I think it was on terrestrial TV. It might have been terrestrial TV. Anyway, so the first fight, not the second fight. Uh-huh. So the first fight, and I fell asleep before the fight started. And back then, you could send someone a voicemail through their voicemail number, and it was free. Oh, yeah. And um, I wake up and I still got a voicemail message, and it says Lewis got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and back then, there's no there's no real internet to like go on YouTube and watch a fight. But I'm like, what the fuck happened? What happened? What happened? I wake up in the morning. I just see Lewis just like prostate on the. Oh, like, oh my god, what have I missed? What have I missed? It was one of the, the most hellish right hands I've ever, I've ever seen. It was. Because at that time, you like. There was no. Raman really had no right to be yeah. to, to be knocking Lewis out. He's yeah. lived off that ever since, and yeah. fair play to him. Yeah, no, and, and so he should. Um, but we saw the difference in levels between, and, and, and it shows what boxing. What great yeah. sport boxing is yeah. when you can um, physically damage a man and, and you know. Despite not, you know, having the skills to do yeah, so, it really was by any right. It really was like his Buster Douglas moment, wasn't well, yeah, it? But, yeah, but but you know, I mean, another good thing we're talking about referees and judging is that um, okay, he got knocked out pretty badly, but he fought on. I mean, he's still is he still fighting today? I don't That's, think he's fighting today. I think he lost to Vlad. And I'm not sure if he's fought since. I mean, then. he fought for another ten, twelve oh, years yeah. after that. He, so yeah. I mean, if Brook, for example, fights Golovkin, and you know, Brook hopefully can fight for another five, six years. So. That's why it's important. The referee has a very important job. He's protecting the referee, the, the boxer's career and a lot of people's livelihoods. There's a lot of people are connected to a boxer, a trainer, a promoter, their fans, their family. So it's very important that the referee makes the right decision. Okay, so join us in the second half of Below the Belt where we're going to talk about Tyson Fury, Adrian Broner, and you know what? Fuck you two. I'm going to talk about the big man. Well, Augustus. The, no, the saviour of, of British boxing, Joshua. Oh, fuck's sake. Die. Below the belt. Second half of the Below the Belt podcast. Boom. Back again. Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking in the break about... Um, good, but I made a c- comment in the first half about McKinnon saying fuck him, um, despite the horrible injuries and the untold misery that his family would have had to dealt with in dealing and caring for McKinnon. But... Where that came from was... I read the book called Dark Trade. If you like reading about boxing or sports at all, read this book. It's incredible. The, the, uh, is it Don McRae? Don McRae, yeah. yeah. McLean. McRae. McRae. 
Um, a superb book, an amazing piece of writing, a great journalist and a great writer. Um, uh, he, he went at lengths to talk about... Well, he, he, a lot of the book is about how, how fighters get injured and how dangerous a sport is and the conflicts that he faces in, in, in loving a sport where people beat each other up. And, and I, I actually, we were talking the other day to you about... Um, actually, let, let, don't let me forget that. We'll come on to that as well, because okay. that's a fascinating subject about how boxing... If, if boxing wasn't a sport and someone brought it to the fore <laughs> yeah. and said, I think we should start this sport where men get in a ring and beat each other, <laughs> uh, the reaction would be, this is... This is wrong. what are you doing? So let, let's talk about that in a second. But, but um, <laughs> It's true. <laughs> but it, it, it's a weird one, boxing, isn't it? Because you, you kind of love the boxers you love. And there's a reason why they get the adulation they do and they get paid the money that they do. Nobody complains when boxers earn the money that Mayweather has because you've got to have the bollocks to go in there and, and yep. it's a terrifying thing. Uh, fight, getting into a fight in real life is terrifying, right? But, but knowing, getting in a camp and knowing that you're going in with someone who's trained to throw punches properly and, and sometimes if you're going in against someone like... I'm oh, not even Mayweather because Mayweather's a brilliant boxer but wasn't that damaging in his later, later part of his career. But they're getting with fighters like... Koblev, like, or, like I, I or Hagler. Michael Spinks against um, Mike Tyson. Yeah. He looked fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah. Him. And it's like he knows that Mike Tyson is coming there to hurt him and coming to knock him out. You know, uh, it's something else. Yeah, it is. And, and, and so, so th- this is why you kind of, why it's such a fascinating sport and, and you kind of fall in love with, with certain boxers. And the boxers you love, you kind of forgive all of the shit that they get up to out the ring because Mayweather, is, you know, he, he's been, it's, it's on record that. He, he has been abusive towards women. Um, Fury has said all kinds of uh, things that are you've, deplorable to most decent human beings. You've got Ed, Edwin Valero, who killed, killed his, his wife. And then killed himself. Carlos Monzon, I think, killed... Killed his wife as well. Killed his wife. And, um, no, there's all sorts. What I was saying to Flav early on was that um, almost, every, almost all of our favourite boxers are deplorable on some level. But when they do something that's deplorable that doesn't agree with your ethics, you kind of think, fuck them. So I like Mayweather, yeah. but I didn't agree. I mean, I, I mean, you know, he beat women and all of that, but he's, a, he's an amazing boxer. Yeah. But this week, he said, oh, fuck, I'm going to say. So this week, he says, all lives matter and Kaepernick should stand. I'm thinking, well, that kind of goes against what, what I feel. I kind of think, well, I mean, he's not fighting anymore, so I'm not really supporting anything, but it's like, well... It's someone you admire as a fighter, yeah. and you've watched him and you've cheered for him because yeah. because boxing is such a dangerous sport. Mm. I've sat there watching Mayweather fights and just think, just fucking get through it, don't get knocked out, win, win, win. Even the fucking Berto fight. But then, like you say, T, he said something like that, like all lives matter. You know, completely. It's like he's completely misunderstanding what the Black, Black Lives Matter movement's about. Yeah, and Colin, you know, the, the thing with yeah, gone to yeah. It, sorry. But but also, um, Kovalev is someone that's a massive fan of. And I still am a little bit. But he puts on the gorilla T-shirt about yeah. um, Madonna Stevens, and I'm like, well, it's difficult to support that. But then, I love Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury has said some horrible things. But okay, well, what you're saying is, uh, is that you, you're kind of, for, for some reason, you'll you'll forgive or choose to ignore uh, Mayweather hitting a woman. Yeah. But it's not until he says something that matters deeply to you yeah. right now that you have an issue, and I. And it is a weird one, isn't it? Because you kind of have to take check of yourself and think, well, what, you know, where am I as a human being when supporting 
uh, someone like Mayweather. Boxing's a difficult sport to be completely moral and agree with everything a fighter does. Mm. Because, I don't know, if we're going to break it down to brass tacks, they're paid for hitting people. Yeah. And I don't know, let's say Pernod Whitaker, who hits and doesn't get hit, and, you know, he's a, you know he's an amazing fighter. But by nature, boxers, is, it's a dog-eat-dog thing. So um, it's difficult to claim a moral high ground as a boxing fan because... You can't. All the best boxers have fought. Do, do, do any boxing fans claim a moral high ground? I think most. Well, you speak well, to most of us, and you think, "Yeah, I get it. I get why it's like my ex-girlfriend Amelia. She, she, I wouldn't say banned me, yeah, because that makes me look like a bitch. <laughs> but, but, but she was she couldn't watch boxing because she, in her head it was barbaric, <laughs> and it, it fucking is, man. You can't escape the fact that people die in the ring, yeah. and 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 many, and you know. Uh, the, 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 the young Scottish fighter who passed yeah, away like yeah, it's, it's, it's a sensitive subject you know he would be alive if it wasn't for this but then you could say that he, he wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity he had without boxing and, yeah. and it saved so many people as well mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's a really tricky one to. but I think most boxing fans understand that but they, they kind of watch it and which is going back to the dark trade thing they watch it in spite of these, these feelings it conjures up because it, it gives you something else there's, there's, there's nothing quite like watching Two men who are able to fight and strength, stripped to the waist, stripped to the skin waist, skin, 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 sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, it is look, uh, uh, fighting and sex is closely, you know, closely it's linked. Fine, yeah. yeah, it is. It's, um, it, it conjures and, and stirs the same feelings in your brain, the, the, the excitement. Like when, when, when Groves knocked down Frotch, I was ready to explode. My pants were full. You know what I mean. <laughs> I was like, shit! I think Fuck, I want to come out! I want to come right now! I think when they saw the studio, they saw, I think it's Khan and Hay, just yeah, like, they're both just like, <gasps> out of their seat, yeah. because Carl Froch was known for having this iron chin, yeah. and there he is on his ass. A bit like. of a myth in itself as well. He had a granite chin, don't get me wrong, yeah. but the, I've seen he got dropped. The thing uh, with Froch is, is and the thing that won in that fight was, he's always in shape. He's a champion. Yeah. And I don't, Froch, he, he, he can be a bit of a dickhead sometimes, but... He's a champion, always in shape. Turned into a good pundit. Only thing I would say about what we were just saying then about boxers, and it's it's it's, it's very much an age-old debate, and it's it's about life versus art. That's the way I see it. Elvis Presley, you know, fucking groomed Priscilla or whatever when she was thirteen. Fucking Buddy Holly married his fucking cousin. Woody um, Allen. Woody yeah, Allen. Ste- ste- What's his step or paedophiles Michael Jackson people still listen to Michael Jackson music they put you know that business has gone on it's it's very much an age old debate people will separate their morals for the love of the art and that comes into boxing as well I think well well, I mean we're going to talk about mental health Um, so Fury and Brown have been in the news recently about you know their own mental health issues and when Fury what was the what, what was the catalyst? What 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 brought this? I think he said he's depressed. And well, he pulled out. He pulled out of the fight. And then that's it. Yeah, he pulled out of the fight. And um, you know, a lot of people called him. You know, the P words. I don't know the P and all the rest. We call him a jipper and yeah, all that, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And um, there was no real sympathy there. Mm-hmm. And um, Broner was on the brink of suicide. Mm-hmm. And I read a few comments on some Facebook posts, and they were they're giving him grief. But then there's other boxers who. Who have had mental health problems? I think grows in a smaller level, and Bruno, and yeah. they get they get they get Ricky all this, Hatton. yeah, and they, and they get and they and they're supported. But then you got boxers who are a bit, I think Fury. I think a lot of Fury's comments are probably related to his mental health as well. And um, yeah. it's interesting the reaction 
Do you know, it, it is, it's fascinating. I think um, I'm, mental health, especially in men, so I mean, it was really, really close to my heart and something I've worked and campaigned to, to ensure that men don't get in a situation where they, they, they reach a point where they can take their own life because it's a fucking epidemic. Um, and, and, and some boxers, many of which have to live in the extremes of life, um, are kind of taught that that's the way to... Uh, it's a normal place for them to function in, the, in, in a world that most people don't. And I, I'm not surprised that people like Fury and, and Broner are, are, are suicidal at times because, um, you know, they're, they're, their lives are lived in extremes. So when they're depressed, they're fucking depressed. When they're on top of the world, they're, they're beating Klitschko in the ring, you know. So it's, it, I understand where this comes from. And there, there does need to be a, a, a sympathy Especially in a macho world, like I, I was really surprised at um, Eddie Hearn's comments um, about Fury. Yeah. Immediately saying, "I'm not sure he'll box again." Like that is not what you say when someone's going through their their fucking. And there's in contrast of AJ's comments too, too as well. What was his? Because AJ was quite supportive. Said, "You know, I hope he gets through this." And Hearn is kind of was like a vulture. He was, yeah. Oh, you know, let's go for the belts, kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was really yeah, it distasteful. Was, it was distasteful and the exact opposite of the, of the kind of comments. And forget whether you like Fury or not. It's about having an understanding of mental health. <laughs> and As a human being, you yeah. Know, he says some silly shit. We all say silly shit sometimes. And at the end of the day, he's a human being and he's suffering. You know, and yeah. that should be remembered instead of thinking, "Oh, one his belts." Yeah. Take, take. You know, his dad's been in the sport a long time. His dad was around when Watson and Newbank was happening. You know. He should know as well as anyone the human effect of mm. boxing and the real life effect. And take the promoter hat off for a second. Well, I mean, I don't know how many of you will have heard of Darren Sutherland, but yeah. he fought again in the Olympics in, mm-hmm. in 08 and he had a very big future ahead of him. I don't know if he'd even had his professional debut, but he. he I think he made him. Yeah, but, but, you know, he was with Frank Maloney. Yeah, and he sadly committed suicide. And the thing of Darren Sutherland, he had no, he had no backstory. I mean, boxing's become a bit like X Factor now where. There's a bit of a backstory. So someone like Fury, someone like Bruno, there's a backstory to them over there, you know, bad boy turned good. Yeah. So you go on a journey with them. And when you see them, like, when, when I don't know, when um, Bruno was, like, given, given a cashier a $100 bill and saying, keep the change, and he spent a fiver, he was yeah. like, you're, you're a fucking cunt, mate. But, yeah. but no, no, that's not the behaviour of someone who lives lives in normal parameters. Exactly. And I think... Um, I don't think there's any excuse for Fury's comments, whether they're homophobic or anti-Semitic no, stuff. But then, but then you've got to kind of dig, a, delve a little bit deeper into into why he said them and why he feels that way. Religion was something that was salvation for him. Yeah. And um, whether or not you agree with religion, there's a lot of boxers who have turned their lives around as a result of religion. I think it's it's it's. So you spoke about Donald McRae at the start of the half flap. Uh, he did a, a foreword for the Mayweather book written by Chris Dixon, mm. uh, and he said every a, a lot of the time, not every boxer, but a lot of the time with boxers, you are taking pe- you are having people that are working class that are from the ghetto that are smack full of insecurities. Yeah, and it's it's something I think with Mayweather especially, he's constantly fighting his insecurities and he's constantly battling his his upbringing and the male influences he have he's had in his life and I think that's what happens a lot with a lot of boxers they come from such a macho background that um, the, the, the campaigning you've done um, you speak you, you talk about calm yeah you talk about and you talk about not being able to talk about people's problems and yeah. I think in that macho background of boxing that's something that's really found it's even harder Dean Powell 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was awful. Like, yeah. the guy was everywhere. He was always in fighters' corners. The way people would talk about him was the happiest guy in the world. And then he goes and does what he, what he did, mm. you know, threw himself in front of a train. You know? I mean, earlier on this week, like Monday was um, World Mental Health Day. Yeah. And um, I was a bit... It's a bit of a juxtaposition for me in that a lot of people that day said, you know, said to them, you know, I've got mental issues, I've got mental health issues, you know, I don't get to the day, but you can talk to someone. But what I thought the day should have been about, and it probably was, I don't know much about what was behind it, should be getting rid of the stigma around mental health. What the day should have been about is being like, whether it's Fury, who's got mental health problems, or whether it's someone like George Groves, who's eminently a likeable bloke, they should both have the same response throughout the sport. Yeah. Whether it's Eddie Hearn or the bloke of the Chiefs, and you know what, sure, he might be a bit of a wally, but he's going through some bad stuff and I hope he doesn't uh, do anything stupid and he, and he turns it around. I think mental health should be, is something that the stigma's got to be removed. It's a, with charities, they always talk about awareness. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a buzzword that people say. It's about education. That's what people mean by awareness. It's about being aware of what, what these things are and educating people about diff- about depression, about bipolar. You know, in the job I do, I work with a lot of people that have issues like that. Yeah. And it's something, it's about teaching people. We should teach people about different things. Yeah, like and, and, and also, I mean, boxing is a violent sport, as, as Flavor and I said, I said earlier on. And sometimes people get... For repeated blows to their head, their personality changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that, they do all kinds of. It's frontal lobe injury, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Terry Dooley, who, who writes for Boxing Monthly, actually did an article uh, for British Boxers. It's a website that he's working on, where he talks a lot about the links between depression and concussion, mm. and how it's yeah, taken. The NFL a long, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it's taken a long time for the NFL to pick it up. And it's taken a long time not for even, boxing to pick it up. It wasn't even. And I'm not suggesting this happens in boxing, but in, in NFL, then they're. Cover up of, of, mm. of these injuries. You've seen the film Concussion with Will Smith. It's it's a great. I mean, they shouldn't. They should have con- fucking just cast an African accent a- actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't fucking just shoehorn a famous black bloke last and then make last, him speak? Last point of the film got sold to the studios, though. Of course, yeah. I understand, but it would just been more authentic. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Look, ultimately, it's about this massive cover up from by the, the NFL. Yeah, because. Um, Domestic I wouldn't fu- be surprised if some of those things happened in boxing. I mean, enough fucking skullduggery happens anyway. Yeah, because um, domestic violence is very high in boxing. Mm-hmm. And the NFL, US has mm-hmm. been around long enough to have the proper stats. And these are sports where concussion is a regular thing and it changes moods. But I think mental health in boxing, I think we are reaching a tipping point where people are going to take it more seriously. Someone like Tyson Fury, probably one of the most famous boxers in the world. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's suffering of his own things, people will probably take it a bit more seriously in the so future. So what do you reckon, do you reckon? He, I mean, he's, he's been, he's voluntarily vacated his, his titles, yeah. said he's, he isn't ready to fight, he's not able to, he's not fit to. Um, he probably would have been stripped in any case. So it's good, I think, as a part of his recovery that he's, he's acknowledged the fact that he can't hold on to his belts. And may give him the drive to, to, to win them back so that we one day see him in the ring. And regardless of whatever he's said, I think his salvation is in boxing. Mm-hmm. I think that's you can see in the run-up to, to, um, to, to the Klitschko fight, he was still fucking saying strange stuff and behaving the way he does and making these weird jokes to the camera all the time. But he, he, you can see boxing saved a lot of people and it could save Tyson Fury as well. Um, I hope we see him in the ring again because I love watching him fight and I hate fucking heavyweight boxing. I've yeah. never, I've never liked it. I remember when, when uh, one of our early podcasts we spoke about the heavyweight division quite a lot and we said the heavyweight division is reborn 
and it's thanks to Tyson Fury because it's like he's taken the titles, he's a character. Vlad Vlad was just so much better than everybody else. Mm. Vlad was so such a dominant champion and he was so much better than everybody else and it just it felt like Fury was like a new dawn. It was like we've got Fury, we've got Wilder, we've got Joshua, yeah. we've got all these people and it's sort of empty without Fury though, isn't it? It is. I, I, I'm a huge fan and, you know, I don't like all the stuff he says, but I'm, I'm such a fan of him. Not just because he is really funny, but also because he's actually a really fucking good boxer and he did a masterful job against Vlad. It was yeah. a masterful performance. Yeah, I mean, um, you mentioned Wilder. I think the face off they had in the ring after the, after Wilder, after the Wilder fight, that's what you want to see in heavyweight boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a very diff- it's a very odd dis- division because they're all punches... And, you know, anyone could go at any time. And I think that the Fury win was almost the dawn of a new era. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, um, the, well, the face of a new era mm-hmm. is now going through some difficulties. And, you know, I know we, we talk ill of Joshua regularly, but I think Joshua's comments about him are very, very classy. He's yeah. 28 Fury. It's plenty of time for him to come back. In heavyweights, yeah, they found. Peter Fury said that he's in his peak. He's not. He could, you know, you hit your peak in heavyweights in the early 30s, typically. So... Yeah. You know, it, it seems amazing that he'd done such a job on Klitschko at such a young age. And you forget how, how how young he is. It's him him dropping the belts and the British board suspended his license today. That's going to give him the room now to go right. You've all got what you wanted. You've got your belts. You lot crack on. I'm going to sort myself out. Yeah. Fair play to him. Hopefully. Well, um, I mean, we don't want to date the podcast too much, but there's talk of um, Vlad v um, Joshua. Probably by the time the podcast comes out, we'll probably know if it's going to happen or not. But I think if it does happen, it, it will happen eventually. I think whether it's whether it's December or next year. But how do you see that panning out? I think it's fucking madness. Like what? I mean, the money. Get it? I understand. That's a Joshua's, quality. How old is Joshua? Twenty six. Twenty six. Oh, he was twenty seven. Twenty six. Twenty seven. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking well too early. He's not ready. He, like, I, I get what Klitschko. What, what Fury did to Klitschko, but. Would you put Joshua in the ring with Fury now? Fury thing, beats him all day. The thing of Joshua, sorry to cut you, but That's all right. the thing of Joshua is not afraid to lose his own. He's like, he's happy to to get beat. Yeah. He's like, well, fuck this, I'll fight him. If I get if I get knocked out, I'll learn from it. I, yeah, in that perspective, I don't think Klitschko is ever going to spark uh, Joshua out clean. I, I could see, if, he's if, a puncher. If, that if White, a puncher. If Dooley and White can wobble him, and yeah. White is not exactly... Not exactly a artist. No, but that was a different. That was an emotional fight. It was a different thing. It was, it was a different thing. I think anybody. And Vlad is a puncher. He's got fifty knockouts. Well, he's got forty. I think he's got forty-nine knockouts on his record. The very worst. Yeah, of course. The very worst thing that can happen is is Klitschko irons him out in the round. I think uh, yeah, it's possible. And, and no, but he, he gets a bad knockout, which which, which affects him. And which just doesn't need it now. He, this, there's time for him. No one expects him to fight Klitschko right now. Surely? I think he, he needs to fight a live body. Obviously, a live body? He's a fucking... <laughs> it's just different than being alive. Vlad is a fucking machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know what you mean, but um, I think Joshua, I think maybe some of the criticism is getting to him. I mean, he's fighting Brazil, who was... Ended up being nothing. But these are acceptable fights at this stage in his career. Look, it's going to the hype. You're, you lot are believing in the hype. One, one thing that bothers me, it's something that bothers me in boxing, where a fighter will will happily call himself world champion and be on Sky Sports and go, "I'm the world champion." Sky Sports regularly call him the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. If you're going to call yourself that, if you're going to wear that belt and you're going to wear that title. You need to fight the best. Don't Come go. On now, don't, no, don't be a champion and fight like a contender. Either be a champion or jack the belt. No, mate. I know. Like that's the purest way of looking at it. But that's not the way the game works. Respect the lineage. So who should he fight? <laughs> who would you have Joshua fight? You'd have him fight fucking Sid Raziak. <laughs> fucking. I like. Uh, uh, do you know what I'd quite like to see? I'd like. To, 
Or David Price? That would be a, a logical fight Paul next Paul Butlin time. rematch, would you be happy with that? You fucking... You're fucking what, you, the, what this is, is what, what's I'll emanating you from you, especially, Cal, is... Seed. You hate Matchroom, and you hate Eddie Hearn, and, and you hate Joshua, when actually Joshua's done nothing wrong, really. He's, not, he's built a career for himself. He's won the fucking gold medal. All right, arguably, maybe he shouldn't have done that. And just give the geezer a break, yeah? But he Don't wants throw to him fight. in a ring with a fucking he wants to guy who's not ready to fight. He wants to fight. Well, he's not going to say I'm not ready, is he? He's not. He needs to be he's pre- very honest, though. He's very honest about his progress. But if this was anyone other than fucking Joshua... He's got the bell. I'm, I'm repeating myself. He's got the bell. He fucking... It was a... It was a it, he shouldn't have Give it away, then. But that's not how it I'll works. Have it. He, the, who did he beat off? What's that guy's name? <laughs> Martin. Okay. Yeah, Martin, who will never fight again, guaranteed. Yeah. Nah, he bought a bent knee, he's like, yeah. One, who won the fucking belt from the seat, geezer who hurt his back. Knee. His knee, whatever, mate. Fucking, look, he's not, Joshua is not ready for this fight. That's a great fight, though. Because, I mean, I love it, don't we? I'm watching this shit, but. Lads lost to Fury. I think that's more Fury style than anything. Mm-hmm. And, but then and prior to that, he weren't great against Brian Jennings either over in New York. So he's. Is this right place, right time for Joshua? Would would Hearn Maybe. would Hearn put his cash cow in as someone who's going to smash him up? No. Why would Hearn put him in the blood? What what what? what as, as it's a about loss, risk and reward, a, a isn't it? Yeah, a loss wouldn't affect his career too badly. But a bad one would. A bad a bad one would. So there's always a risk that with, with that. And if he gets into a wilder, you know, the likelihood of, of these, even being able to deal with these haymakers, and I, I think he beats Wilder. But I'm saying he, so that's a dangerous fight because Wilder punches. Uh, Klitschko's much more robotic, probably easier to read. And Joshua, although being a, he's very static and stiff at times... His head does, is terrible. Yeah, but he, he, I just can't... No, maybe you're right, I don't know. I, yeah, I slightly lean towards Joshua because I do think, like I just said about those last two performances, only thing I'd say in Vlad's favour is Vlad has seen everything. Yeah. He was champion for 11 years... He, he's fought sluggers, he's fought boxers, he's fought southpaws, he's fought tall range you know guys, stumpy you know guys. Is? I don't want Joshua to go in there and lose, right? And not because I love Joshua. I don't really have any feeling towards him. I, I like watching him fight. It's in, the, the whole thing, the seat, the the uh, event is interesting as a boxing fan. There's nothing worse than Klitschko winning the title again. Oh, yeah, it was a terrible era. And I don't like, I don't hate Joshua. So you really. appreciate it, but... yeah. Uh, I and Josh actually reminds me of a good friend of mine who's an athlete as well. So it's I, I don't hate him really. I hate the hype, and I think that's the same for a lot of people. Um, it, yeah, it would be a shame for Vlad to get it back. Um, I was having an argument with someone at work earlier. He was like, they should split the belts up and let them all fight each other and have that instead of throwing all the belts in into one fight because there was talk that the WBA and the WBO belts would be in the Vlad against Joshua fight. Right. I would prefer that personally than yeah. have them all separate again. Um, well, yeah, because that just dilutes it. Dilutes it. You, you really want, in, in the heavyweight division, with the way it is, you just want one or two champions. Yeah, you And want, then you know where you're at. Yeah, because what... what it's about a fight or anything. Because what it's looking like at the minute is, um, now he's vacated, um, Joseph Parker, who's uh, uh, Joshua's right, mandatory, he's also number one with... That, the, that would be a good fight for Joshua. That yeah. would be the logical thing. Yeah, he's also the... Price, Parker, Vlad. Okay. Bryce Parker, fucking the other geezer. What's but his name? Joshua's okay. Yeah. Joshua against Parker. Yeah. Who wins? Joshua. That's Joshua. So why? Why do we always want to see fights where one guy's a heavy favourite? Really pisses me uh, off. I don't know. It's just because we're used to boxers being built. That's the thing that pisses built. me off about Golovkin Canelo. Everyone wants to see Golovkin Canelo, and I get it. But Golovkin's a huge favourite. So why do you want to see it? Golovkin's the most competitive fighter for the pair of them. Yeah. There's who, the who, who do you want? Who do you, you want? Pick the bigger who, person. 
You're picking Golovkin. You're picking Golovkin. I'm picking Golovkin. Everyone's picking Golovkin. Why do we want to say it? Because it's the best what? fight for either of them. Who else can um, Canelo yeah, fight to I generate that interest? Who I, else could Golovkin? I fight? haven't wanted to see a Mayweather fight since Hatton. I don't like. I, I, you know he's clearly the best. I'm not going to go and fucking sit sit up at four or five o'clock in the morning watching win on points. Watching win on points again. Uh, the same thing goes with Canelo, and they're great, but that's all that's left now. And Canelo, it's a shame because Canelo is such a young, young, young guy. You know, he started so early, didn't he? Um, anyway, that was good. I oh, good. That, yeah. that was good. Yeah. But you lot are fucking wrong. We kind of jumped around a bit, but I love it. It's that's good. all right. Yeah, I got a semi, semi hard one. Um, <laughs> Fantasy League update. I don't know what I don't know the information. I just know. I just thought you know. It's, yeah, it's, we've got we've got about ten fifteen people in it. So um, what's the deal? with they they everyone uh, vote on the round. The so the way where we're doing it is you get if you pick the right winner you get a point. Yeah. If you pick the right method stoppage decision whatever you get two points. And if you pick the right round or you pick a draw you get five points. And Have I you did got a device or some sort of program mm-hmm. soft bit of software. That Sort of it all, you put the results in and you work all this out on your own. I had to sit there with doing on Excel oh, spreadsheet my, the other day. You are at your fucking mind. I need then. to get a formula going on it. I need, I'm not great at spreadsheets. I know T, you're better than me. Oh, okay. So, so, so who's winning? Who's <laughs> winning? Uh, so Dean and Dean, Dean. There's five people that are all on five points. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend we've got Tony Bellew against BJ Flores and we've got Derry Matthews against Luke Campbell. So I think uh, Bellew and Flores. There's some good chances for five points there. Derry, Definitely. Derry Matthews and Luke Campbell is an interesting. That fight. is a good fight. Yeah. Isn't it? Crossroads fight for Campbell. I love a domestic crossroads fight. I love mm. that sort of shit. I wish it was for the British title. I can't remember who's got the British lightweight title. I'm quite ashamed of that. It's Cardle. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to get corrected. I know where I know where. Another win um, <laughs> for Cardo, wasn't it? And, he's uh, fighting Kevin Gallagher, Hooper, isn't he? Yeah, he's fighting Kevin Hooper at the weekend. Did you watch that? Um, have you seen that documentary? Um, it was a 10 minute short called My Name Is no. Jim. What's Gallagher's? I can't remember his Gallagher's first name. Joe. 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 My name's Joe. No. And in the fight, and they talked to they talked to Crawler, talked to Cardo, talked to. No, it's good. It's shot really well. Yeah. And uh, Gall- uh, Joe Gallagher talks about his his. Influences and his upbringing, and, and the fact that he went into that gym very young. Like, who's the guy who taught uh, the, the, a black guy who, who trained him? He trained Gallagher. Yeah. Quite. Anyway, fuck it. Just watch the documentary. No. Mm-hmm. Anyway, look. look I mean, that, that's besides the point. It's a nice little feature. You can go to the Sky Sports website. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's really well shot, and you see um, Joe Gallagher cry. Play. Really? If you don't like Joe Gallagher, watch that. I think I watch that. Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> if you do like him, then you yeah. don't mind that he cries. I made a grown man cry today. Did you? Yeah, I did. To the body, he cried like a dog. What did you do? I I won't say who I work for, but I'm not. I don't do a manly job, but I'm really an administrator. But the people that I manage do a manly job, mm. um, and I had to kind of tell him off a bit, and <laughs> he sobbed. Like a dog. What did he do? He what, he didn't do what I wanted him to do, and so was so he one of the manly men? He does a manly job. The the, the profession what do you mean he does. He didn't do what he wanted. He wanted, he wanted I wanted him to, him to do. I wanted him to do a piece of work that he should be doing as part of his job, and he didn't want to play ball. So I took away something from him that, that <laughs> took toys away. I is his mobile phone. Did he take his no, mobile phone away? What I used, what I, I used to, uh, I would let them go home early, pretty much every day, uh, because he didn't do what I wanted to do. I had all of the manly men in and said, 
none of you are going home early anymore. You'll all be staying here late every day and doing your full hours. They were broken men. Fucking yes! Like that. I was rock hard. They were they're broken gonna, they're men. They're going to kick your fucking head in, aren't they? No, it, perfect, it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. Are you sure? No, I've sorted it all now. It's done. It's worked. Did they go home? They're now going home early again, but they're doing what I want to do. And they're doing what I want to do, but they know I'm serious. <laughs> but what was it worth? Was it worth the upset? It, it's the third person I've made cry since becoming a manager. Jeez, I always thought you was a nice guy. And I've sacked three people as well. Oh, my God. Oh, you yes, animal. He's a power. I'm a powerful man. Fucking geezer, sorry. <laughs> cruiserweight, <laughs> cruiserweight division. Interesting one, isn't it? It's our boy, Lebedev. It's like the hipster division, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um... Love Lebedev. Yeah, I love Lebedev. Andy supports the same. Oh, he supports Tottenham. Yeah. I think by the, time the pod, by the time the pod is out, I think Betty would have fought Flo and said, well, no, the yeah. result for that. But the interesting thing with the, um, the Betty fight is that. Well, they're fighting tomorrow night. They're fighting Saturday, Saturday. night. Why Quick be... predictions. Uh, I reckon Betty wins. I reckon Betty washes him inside five rounds. He's a weird one, Flo, isn't he? The first he's. Uh, he's, 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 he's um, what do you call it? He's, he's made an acronym out of his first name. His name's Benjamin. And he's called himself BJ, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, you know, I've got no problem with blowjobs. I yeah. like them, and you know, it was the when that fight was announced. It was the only time you saw BJ and felt disappointed. Yeah, and he's he's a weird one. He's like I just can't see him. Uh, I was having a look at his record earlier on, actually, and it's really you're looking at it and you're like, the best name in his record is Danny Green. And he lost. Yeah, and he I, lost to Shumanov as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit of a weird one for Bellew, but you can understand it's kind of an easy five. It's years. an easy, you know. Um, He's still after pay. It's a little bit yeah, annoying actually because he won. Bellew won the vacant belt, and he really should have had to fight a mandatory. He should have to fight someone good, but. He's been allowed a voluntary, but it's good. He, he, he t- he'll talk the talk, and uh, it'll be you know it'll. He's, do talk, he's still talking about Hay. He's gonna have to move up to heavyweight to do that. How can he do? That? He doesn't even. Maybe look. that's what it is because Flores and Hay are really good mates, yeah, aren't they? Are, they? Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. They'll plonk yeah. Hay ringside. Maybe that's what it is. They'll plonk Hay ringside. You go, oh, you hurt my friend. How dare you? And mm. then I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Do it. You know, it's just one of those things. Sod- press conferences would be amazing. Sodder, sodder, sodder weight division. Just. Have big geezers and have a row. Yeah, on the grass. On the cobbles. Um, we've got um, Alexander Isk. Usik. Usik. You, you love him, don't you, T? 10 0. Is it 10 0? Someone is 10 0 and he, he's. Uh, he's polished. I love he? him. He's a cruiserweight cruiser Lomachenko it, in some ways. So you're, T, like, uh, can we just clear up this infatuation you have with Eastern Europeans? Like, what, where does this come from? It's Eastern European footballers, Eastern European boxers. He's a commie. Yeah, what, where does it, why do you love them so much? It's a, fucking it's a weird one. Um, Is it just because they've got, they just happen to have so many great fighters you like? I think that Lomachenko, if you were going to teach, if you're going to teach a child how to box, they'd watch Lomachenko videos because of his movement. And never start. Because there's no chance. Well, <laughs> not going to be as good as Lomachenko, He's obviously. He's a fucking but, wizard, that geezer. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously you've got Kovalev, Lomachenko, Usyk. And the footballers, I think there was Yarmolenko. Right, Yarmolenko. Well. You've, um, you've got a little soft spot for Andre Afshavin as well, haven't you? We can't talk about that. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but no, I, th- I think I, I liked how I used it. Looked, he had the movement. He fought Joe Joyce, who fought the Olympics, and he's a heavy. So I liked how you said, looked. I think um, Gravaki is someone who was also unbeaten, someone who had to go. Um, he'd come off the Huck win. He'd come off the Cunningham win. Yeah. He was really the guy on form, and we, I picked Glavaki in. Fucking idiot! I picked because you did. I, <laughs> I, I like I like the fact that you were talking. When's the Glavaki fight on? And 
Uh, and Mark went, no, this is the Usyk fight, not the Glovacki fight. <laughs> he knew, he knew. It was good. Mark Butcher, you... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like about alumni. Mm. I don't know. I think I've, um, I think there's a certain style of boxer that I like. And um, it's not always consistent because you've got someone like Pavlik who just knocked people out. You've got someone like Lomachenko who doesn't necessarily have the KOs, but he's got the movement. You've got someone like Kovalev who just destroys people. And you've got Usyk who's like... Um, what's the cruiserweight limit? Is it 200 still? Yes. I keep thinking it's 210. It's two, no. 200. And, um, and he's got the movement of, of a middleweight. And it's just amazing to see. I love, I love seeing that. It's, it's actually... The cruiserweight's always been more, a weird division. No Very really, weird, yeah. Really interested in. But for the first time, there's a few decent fights in there. But, like, but, none, are, but none are American, which is a problem. Yeah, Cunningham was probably the last decent yeah, and he's operator. Heavy, though, he? Nah, he went back to cruiserweight, and that was when he fought Glovocki. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Cunningham's been around. He was around when he's he nearly forty. Yeah, now. yeah he's, he's a long time. He, he had the. He had the. Yeah, you're right. But that that division never, never really caught a light, and he's you know, produced Hay, good fights. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, and I think who, who's the guy? In the fuck, what's the O'Neill Bell versus Mormek. Yeah, R.I.P. O'Neill. Mormek. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Mormek died. No, Bell. All right, right. So there was kind of. Moments and periods where you had to have one fighter that would dominate, and I remember like David Hayes, like he smashed that cruiserweight division. No one was was touching him apart from Carter Cap Thompson. <laughs> Scored him that day. I remember I, I, I interviewed Hay the week of that fight, and uh, I was invested heavily in David Hay, like massively, in the same way that uh, Alex is in Crawler. And I watched the fight and was genuinely heartbroken because I, I I'd bought in, like, I'd met him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I was young. I was like twenty one then. And I was, I was, I was watching it, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no!" <laughs> and, and then I went to bed, like, and genuinely felt sad, and laid up, and curled up to my girlfriend. She offered nothing, like she couldn't, like anything she could do, blowjob, whatever. She couldn't take this pain away from me. Um, and, and, and he cleared up that division, beat Mormek out in Paris. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's just the cruiserweight division has always been just poop. But da- David Hay. Um, I guess there's no R&B fans in this podcast who are around the same age as me, late 30s, but there's an R&B night called P.L. Silk, and um, I went to a night at, the, at Scala, and I met a young... P.L. Silk, eh? Yeah, that's what it's called, yeah. You know, it sounds like an 80s rapper, doesn't yeah. it? Well, it's, it's, there was late 90s stuff, and then a bit, bit of 702, a bit of Missy Elliott, a bit of R&B. I would have loved and, to um, see T then. Yeah. See, you know when we get pissed up on nights out and teeth it starts throwing oh, yeah. his, starts throwing his moves out yeah. he can dance he can oh, dance yeah. like, not in that stereotypical thing nah. like he can genuinely no, dance nah that guy's got moves yeah he's got moves I can no, imagine don't him, lie I can, <laughs> can imagine him at this, in this jam and he's just like his hips going Go, you know going at it got but, surrounded by birds but, but I would, yeah birds just around him my best mate at uni was uh, was an well, he boxed amateur. And I think he boxed at the same club as Courtney Fry, who I mentioned earlier on. And David Hay was one of the biggest amateur boxers around because I think he fought Solis and he lost to him. So Hay was like an amateur and being televised. Mm. And Hay had fought your teammates and all of us. But I met David Hay in that club. He looked like Arcade. He had the bowler hat, he had yeah. the cane. Yeah, yeah. And I think oh, from then. It was Abercrombie and Finch. Right? Yeah, 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 as a model. So um, I think since then, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for David Hay. And um, as Flash said, when he lost to Thompson, I was a bit gutted. And even though Hay is a bit of a laughing stock now, fighting um, these cans, yeah. I'll, always, I'll always want Hay to do well, always. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know why? Because, you, you know, when, when you're watching boxing from the outside, you have to believe everything you see because yeah. they want that, that's, what they, that's the image that they want to perpetuate and, and, and send out, and that's what you should believe. Like, if David Hay believes the world, he's going to win the world, the world title fight against Klitschko, you believe that. And mm-hmm. if Fury's going to play the heel, then you believe that because that's what they want to put out, and that's fine. 
but when I sat down with him, he didn't have. I had no right to be sitting down with him, really. And he sat down, and we spent. I had half an hour with David Hay, and we sat down for two hours, and we talked boxing. And and I was more into boxing then than I am now. Like I was fucking reading stats, box rec every fucking day, <laughs> everything. I read about Wayne Braithwaite, who was in his yeah, division. Yeah, Macarinelli. Yeah, yeah, Macarinelli. And, and, I was, and, and in preparation for this interview, I was like, I knew everything about the top 10 fighters in his division. Um, and we sat down and we talked about fucking Danny Williams smashing up Tyson in that week. Uh, it was just amazing, amazing. And he was so lovely and so friendly. And that's why I got time for him. Not all the, all the yeah. shit and all the stick he gets. He's genuinely a nice guy from, from, from my experience. The podcast got, loves him. I've yeah. got two memories of David Hay. So I, well, I've got three. I did. I met him in Vegas and we took a picture and he was actually a bit of a dick, but I'll forgive him, it's fine. Loads of people asking for pictures. Two things though. Uh, Matt Crinelli fight. Mm. I remember sitting up for it. It was on Satanta. Yeah. I remember sitting up for it and yeah. being half asleep and just fucking start. Just fucking start. It was on at like two o'clock in the morning, even yeah. though it was at the O2. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, please just start. Please just start. And then they were really hyping it all night. Really just all night, all night. And it was done in two rounds. And then afterwards, it, they're Matt, showing the Matt ad. Matt was shook. Oh, he ran to the ring, jumped over, fell over. And he was like, Monty oh. Barrett did that. Monty Barrett he definitely he ran to the ring though Matt Crinelli ran to the ring he didn't, he, he didn't trip but he ran to the he ring he in and out as a, he did run to he ran to the ring he got in he was he could see he was just a ball of nervous energy yeah. and then Hay was just brilliant just got rid of him um, second second memory of David Hay is prior to Hay Klitschko you know HBO face face off he sits opposite Vlad Klitschko and he says, and Max Kellerman says, I can see you guys don't like each other. Why don't you like each other? Turns to David Hay, why don't you like each other? And he goes, he's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, look at him, he's just a fucking dickhead. And I was like, yes, yes, fucking kill him, man. yes, fucking smash him. And then he, then that happened. Yeah, go on, T. Yeah, just come in. Yeah, you know, David Hay gets a bad stick, especially around casual boxing fans. Um, Andy's recent exploits are two geezers he fought. It's just a waste of fucking time. Yeah. It looks like uh, Shannon Briggs, uh, again, another fucking nothing fight. Briggs has no right to be in the ring with him. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Is it right? So he's, he's, he's fighting in December? He says he's fighting December 10th. He started camp today. So, sorry, so why, why isn't Briggs... I'm miss, I'm he's going to fight for a title. He, he says he's going to fight someone who will probably put him in line for a title. Lucas Brown? Maybe. Surely he can get a title fight now. Lucas really Brown's wanted. got the regular belt because there was the thing with his, he failed the drugs test, but he's kind of been managed, he's managed to prove, look, I wasn't really cheating. Mm. So he still has the belt. So there's a possibility he could fight Lucas Brown. Oh, he beats him. Um, he, oh, he smashes Lucas Brown. Louis Ortiz has got the interim belt. That He's assigned with Matrim, Louis Ortiz. That, that could be big. That, oh. Oh, no, Louis Ortiz it? is fighting... Um, not Malik, Malik Scott. Malik Scott, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fighting Malik Scott. Soon, no, so, hey, Lucas Brown could be the one. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still interested. I'm just still. I'm yeah, still no, I would. I'd love him to win. It'd be, it'd be like cleverly. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the linear tie. Wouldn't be real or anything. But I'd love to see Hay win that. Okay, that's it. Jenny, you want to add anything else, boys? Nope, it's been a long one. That's been a long one, but uh, an I've enjoyed one, that. Maybe. Yeah. All right, thank you for everyone who's downloaded and listened to. Uh, the last pod uh, and this one as well. Um, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at below the belt underscore and Facebook page is facebook.com BTB pod. Um, yeah, boxing, isn't it? It's all right. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Oh, yeah, no, no, Alex will be back next time. Thank you for that. Sadly.
<laughs> Love you, Al. Stumpy new idiot. <laughs>